There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning into the podcast. We certainly welcome each and every one of you listening on this Thursday edition of the podcast. We are, I've just left Maine. And uh, Lord willing, we're on the road, even as you're listening to this, heading back to the state of Pennsylvania. And we certainly are thankful for the opportunity we've had in the state of Maine, thankful for what the Lord has done. And uh, we're looking for fruit from the ministry there. It's not going to be quick bearing, but there's a time down the road that we look for what God is going to do. I know folks that they got help. They learned things from the scripture. And there's not a whole lot more you can ask from the word of God, that God would teach men, God would show men. And we certainly thank that. We're heading to North Carolina then on Sunday. We'll be with Brother Cecil Newton, 9.30 and, 11, and at 11 o'clock, 10.30-ish, something like that. Uh, they have prayer before church, so sometimes it's a little bit vague as to when they start. And then we're going to have about a 1.30 or 2 o'clock service, depending on how early we get out in the morning service. And then, Lord willing, that night, Brother Rick Rose is going to be preaching down in Spring Hope, North Carolina. We certainly look forward to going down there at 6 o'clock on Sunday night. We'll be with Brother Newton then through Wednesday, each night prayer at 7.00. And uh, service at 7.30, and that'll be Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And then Lord Willem will be home for one day and head to western New York and begin the fall revival. And again, it's at the Black Creek Baptist Church. We thank the Lord for the meeting. Looking forward to what the Lord is going to do. And so we do pray it's been a help. We pray this podcast has been a help. Uh, we've been a little bit tired. It been pretty wore out from traveling. I realize there's times like everything else. There's a waning. There's a waxing. There's times it seems like God just magnifies himself in the word of God and the preaching on the podcast. There's other times I feel like we're going through the doldrums, and that's probably personal with me. It's not that God's going through the doldrums, but I'm going through the doldrums. And so thank you for hanging with us. I pray the Lord helps us in Matthew chapter 9 today. And he entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their face, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. Now, this is a man that was brought to Jesus Christ. There were others that saw Jesus Christ. They saw the need of this man, and they brought this man to be healed of Jesus Christ. And what's interesting about that is we see uh, when the word of God goes forth, and the word of God is spoken, and we see folks brought to Jesus Christ, he heals by that same word. For he simply said this to him, son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. Now, one of the great nuances in the King James Bible that's singularly unique to this great English version called the King James Bible is the English language. Again, the King James Bible created an English language. There was a language that did not exist until the King James Bible was written. It was the most consistent document containing English words that had ever been written to that point. It was not Shakespearean. 
It was not written in the prose of the day, but it created a, a way of speaking. It created a manner of speaking because the words meant something, and those words were consistent words. And there's so many that will not understand that. They cannot understand that. These words are consistent throughout the Bible. And one of those things we see is the matter of by faith or through faith. And that's one of the arguments that scholars have debated for years and I know even in my own life in, in Jesus Christ, now almost 26 and a half years of being saved, we, I've seen men debate over this by faith and through faith. And we see Abraham move by faith. Sarah, through faith, received a man-child. Why? Because it wasn't her faith. It was the faith of Abraham. Why? Sarah laughed. And therefore, God still gave her a man-child by the promise he'd made to Abraham. That's why Sarah, through faith, bare that son. And there's other places in the Bible you'll see through faith, by faith. You'll see that in Hebrews. In the great hall of faith, you'll see some are through faith, some are by faith. This man was healed through faith when he saw the faith of those that brought him. When he saw their faith under the sick of the palsy, he then said, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. These were men of, that brought him by faith. We read in another place, if it's the same man, which I don't debate that it is, but they tore off the roof, getting him to Jesus Christ. They had great faith that Jesus would heal this man. They had compassion on him. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, this man blasphemeth. And so in their hearts, they're saying this. And I imagine as times as preachers, we preach and as people sit and they're saying this man blasphemeth. Some have said it verbally. Some said it to me, some said it out loud, but they're just saying in their hearts, this man blasphemeth. Why do they see as blasphemy? Because they don't believe the scriptures. It really is that simple. They do not believe the word of God. And they say, well, this is blasphemy. This is certainly not God. These, these words don't mean that. Yet it's exactly what the word means. It's exactly what the word says. But someone has convinced them there's a different word or a different rendering or a different way of speaking that God would have for that scripture. And therefore, they don't see what the word of God says. But these men accuse them of blasphemy. And the word of God said this within themselves. Now, he doesn't say exactly where. It could be the heart. could be the mind. It could be both. Out of the abundance of the heart, man speaketh. So they didn't say anything. Therefore, it probably was in their mind. It was in their thinking. They thought to themselves, this man blasphemeth. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, there he tells you. So it wasn't the thinking of the heart. It was the thinking of their mind. Again, it's just looking at every passage, every verse, every way. And then he said that, that he knew their thoughts. They're thinking these things. They're not saying it. It's just they're pondering this. They're looking at him saying, he blasphemeth. Why? And he said, wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? So again, back and forth, the thinking of your heart. And it's interesting because he puts it in that way so that we can understand the thinking of your heart. And this is one of those great passages that describes that. That's why I'm kind of going back and forth on this. I want you to think at that. I want you to look at that. What is the thinking of your heart? What is the thinking of your mind? What is the speech of your heart? And those are things that God requires of us. Repentance, as we'll get to that, I believe, tomorrow, Lord willing. I've had even recently some contend over repentance. Is it just a change of mind? Is it a change of mind? Or is it the turn? And we'll deal with that later on in this podcast. But one of the things that we says here, he says, you think evil in your hearts, but he knew their thoughts. But the word of God said this, he said, they said within themselves. So the evil came out of their hearts 
They thought on it. It was the thinking of their heart. It was fully set in them to think this way. Now, why is that? Part of it is because their mind was set to think that way. Their thinking had been composed to look at things that way. Their thinking, the past history, the input that they put into their brain uh, was predisposed really to think on those lines. It could be their upbringing, their religious practice, their religious upbringing. Uh, They had a predisposition of the things that they wanted to think on. And this was outside the box. And oh my goodness, you find yourself in trouble thinking outside the box. Well, the box is about as big as a King James Bible. And if you can think outside of that, you can enjoy your ministry. Uh, If you can think inside the bounds of the King James Bible, you have favor with God. But what men do is they put boxes in the King James Bible and they circle it around with barbed wire fence and guard towers and nobody's allowed to go outside of that box. But that's not what God does. That's not the way God operates. That's not God's thinking. He wants you to believe in the volume of the book. It is written of him. And so he says, it's easier to say, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise and walk. And so they thought this in their heart. They've composed this thinking, probably historically because of their background, because he said certain of the scribes, all they've done is write the word of God over and over and over again, and they consider themselves experts. That's what scribes did. And I find it interesting, you'll find a man that he has studied greatly and he has written a thesis and now he has a degree or he has a title or multiple degrees and multiple titles and now all of a sudden he's an authority on the word of God. But it doesn't mean he's authority on the word of God, he just has an educated way of thinking. I've known men with poor education, I've known men that could barely write, read or spell and yet they had great faith, they believed God. The thinking of their heart was in line with God because whatever God said, they believed. And I'll be honest with you, I'd much rather stand before God with the thinking of my heart being a King James Bible than all the intellect of the world, all the books of the world, all the conglomerations of the world. I'd rather stand before God knowing that in my heart I thought like a King James Bible, and therefore my lips spake of those things of which I pondered in my heart. And so these men have come. They've they've really, in their hearts, they've accused Jesus Christ of blasphemy. And so he asked them that question. Whether it's easier to say that sins be forgiven or to say arise and walk, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Oh, there's where the blasphemy is. Who is this that forgiveth sins? Who is this man that he says he forgiveth sins? Who's this man that comes and finds this man sick of the palsy and forgives him of his sins? How dare he do such a thing? But we know, according to 1 John, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, you can dispensationalize that all you would like. You can put that in its own category. You can take that and put it on a shelf somewhere. Uh, You can take that and flip it upside down, inside out. But I would like to think, according to the word of God, I would like to think in my own understanding of the scripture that there was a day with God that I confessed my sins. I came to a place that I was under condemnation, I was under conviction, and I confessed my sins to him. And he was faithful, and he was just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, I did say all unrighteousness. And I know folks that say they need to go there every day and confess their sins. That's not a problem. I don't have a doctrinal problem with that. I don't have a reasoning for that. But one of the things that repentance is going to bring about, there's going to be a confession of sin, whether with the lips or whether with the heart. 
But a man is going to confess, yes, that he has sinned. He's going to confess those sins. He's confess your sins. That's plurality. The things that God brings to mind, the thing that God brings to reckoning must be confessed before him. What is easier to do that or say, arise, take up thy bed and walk, to heal that man sick of the palsy? What is easier? Then saith he to the sick of the palsy, arise, take up thy bed and go unto thine house. And he arose and departed to his house. Which one of those acts is an easier thing? Which one would be easier for me to say, can forgive the sins or to take up thy bed and walk? And I realize ministries today say, oh, they're healing. They got the gifts of healing and they tell people to rise, take up their beds and walk. I know that in me has no power to do either. I'd be a fool to tell somebody they're forgiven of their sins. I'd be a fool to tell somebody that they can rise and take up their bed and walk. No man has to come confess his sins to me. We have one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Bless his holy name. And that's the reason we can come through him. What is easier for him? He's the son of man. This is Jesus Christ, the righteous. Neither one's hard for him. Is anything too hard for God? No, it's not. He can forgive sins. He can cleanse sins. He can wash and make clean. He can make you perfect in Christ Jesus. Is it harder for him to heal you or harder for him to forgive you? Neither one. Why? He's God. When the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power unto men. Then in verse 9, And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. And he saith unto him, Follow me. And he arose, and he followed him. And I'm going to stop there. We're already about 13 minutes in, but I don't want to go into the next section because we're about eight or nine minutes there. Have a great day. We'll be here Friday, Lord willing, to close out this week. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Sing.